Hi, I'm Amy Porter. Some of you know me as a flutist and a classical musician, others as a professor, and some of you know me as a publisher and arranger. I'm a stepmom, I'm a business owner, and I'm the founder of a couple of nonprofits. And this is my podcast. My core mission as an entrepreneur is to appreciate what I have around me. And then I try and see as clearly as possible how I can help. So let's talk. Let's share information. Let's laugh and sometimes cry over the things that we have to work through in life and in music, in business and family and relationships. Come on into my Porter Flute pod. Welcome to Porter Flute Pod. This is Season 2, Episode 7, part of our Stay Well, Play Well platform. In the pod with me, co-producers Alan J. Tomasetti and Justine Sedke. In the podcast, we'll offer you some conversations about intention, mindset, and feeling it with Laura Dwyer, my partner of 18 years at the Anatomy of Sound Workshop. If you've ever sat down and read the book, Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, you know we can be fully intentional on lots of things with zero time management. Laura Dwyer is here to help us with that conversation about goals and planning, and she's going to use our bodies and our breath. We offer an intention exercise within the podcast, and that'll be about a five-minute segment. Laura Dwyer is a flutist. She's with the Santa Fe Symphony, Winter Opera, St. Louis, Iris Orchestra, as well as the Colorado Music Festival Orchestra. She's a nationally recognized yoga instructor, and she teaches classes for musicians geared towards creating increased technical and expressive freedom through the body and breath awareness. And she continues to present annual classes at the University of Michigan with me, and other major learning institutions throughout the country, like my alma mater, the Juilliard School, as well as the Curtis Institute. Welcome to Porter Flute Pod. We're so glad you're here. Laura Dwyer, welcome to Porter Flute Pod. You're in the pod. How's it feel? You've been in the pod for 18 years, I think. (laughs) Ah, what a wonderful thing to say. Yes, I was going to say, I feel like I've been in, in the pod presence. Yes, definitely for 18 years and it's changed my life in so many ways. Um, I am loving this podcast um, so very much. It has been, it's such a, a, a huge resource of so many different aspects of playing and in life. And I'm just so grateful to have it. And I'm really grateful to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited about it. Well, you and I seem to have a vocabulary together and we've refined it, but there's several levels of intention that we need to d- discuss. So first of all, we all intended to live life normally. We all intended to spend the year 2020 doing our thing. So now in 2021, our intentions have changed. Our moods have changed. Our health has changed and our intentions sometimes seem trivial, you know, Uh, what I want a career in music, or I want a career in the arts. During COVID, it's just so frustrating. So I wanted to have you on for our stay well, play well, mental health related, physical health related platform here on the podcast, because we have a great deal going on that we need to 
addressed. And I think that you can give us some suggestions and where to look to find help. So I'll start with saying, Hey, everybody, I feel you, you know, I feel you right, Laura, we feel this deeply. And, and so we're help, we're here to help. Oh yeah, we feel it. And, and it's, we're all feeling so many of the same things. You know, I'm, I'm talking to students who feel this huge loss of being able to um, interact with other students and, and with their teachers and their private teachers on, you know, next to each other in the room to feel each other. That's been really tough. Um, you know, I'm used to working with clients or teaching yoga classes where I literally can feel the person and I couldn't do that on Zoom. And turns out after low these many months, I'm starting to sense and feel people um, over Zoom. And, you know, that's that has grown, which is interesting to me. Um, but that that human connection and um, whether it's music, whether it's, you know, playing music or teaching music or just seeing people, you know, hugging people, all of this, we're all feeling the same thing. So that's one shock. But the next shock of not being able to literally make music with people was a shock. You know, that's where we live and breathe. That's where um, our whole life has been in the direction of most of our lives. And so that's been a shock to the professionals and to the students. You know, what do we do with this? And um, it's been kind of really, in my opinion, quite fascinating because the loss was there. And I think what in some of us it did is bring home how much we're not going to let it go. You know, there's, there's no, um, there's no sense of, well, yeah, maybe, I, maybe I don't care that much. And no, 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 it's been the opposite. You know, is when I care more, I can't wait. You know, I, I will do anything to keep that on that track and get back to getting to do that. It's interesting as, as we've noticed the online concerts too, Amy, that, that, people worried a little bit of like, oh, well, people aren't going to want to go to live concerts anymore once they hear all this, you know, online music and they don't have to go out of the house. That is turning out to not be true. It's making our audiences crave it even more, you know, which is exciting. That's, that's actually good. They need us as much as we need them. All the introspection that we've all had to do, not only about music, but our whole lives is extraordinary. And I think that's going to change the trajectory of each individual, but the culture and the world at large. I know it is. I feel it is. I have found that looking at every day, planning it, has been amazing. I have been getting up in the morning and on the yoga mat. I know I, I, after my yoga, I should, really should be in Shavasana and meditating, but I actually grab the pencil and paper and I write down, you know, 8.30 to 9.30 and then 9.30 to 10, you know, and I plan everything out. So the very first day I did that, Laura, the time management of trying to get beyond the whole, you know, being sad. <laughs> Right. Something came up and my appointment said, um, I can't meet until this afternoon. Right. The whole thing thrown out, the whole schedule thrown out. What was I going to do? Sit around and wait? No, I, I just revised with it in my head and I get everything done. And did I follow my schedule? No, but it really helped to make a schedule. So that's what I've found helped me the most. What, what are you finding in your teaching? Because you're going out and teaching a lot of musicians whose mental spirit might not be so 
high right now. Finishing yoga and doing it and what is coming up out of that yoga class for you, there's never a should, by the way. You know, you you followed what you needed to do with what your energy did. Yoga, and a lot of people don't really sort of realize this, but yoga, the asana part of it, the positions are about opening the energies of the body so that they can go where they need to go. Oh, isn't that beautiful? Um, you know, that's what that's about. It's releasing those energies so that it can go where it goes, where it's not clogged in one place. So I love that you followed your heart there. And instead of Shukbasana for a moment, I'm writing this to-do list because that, that's what grew out of the energy. I love that. Making a plan is so important um, for a couple of reasons. When we wake up in the morning and we have this sort of expanse of, of time with nowhere to go, day in, day out, day in, day out, day in, it can actually clog that energy, you know, that, that are, particularly the creative energy, it can clog it up. And if we don't go into some way of letting that energy move, we, we don't know what to do with it. You know, suddenly it's that endless high school summer where we're just like watching TV and time is going by. And, you know, <laughs> remember those days we all do, right? Yes. Like, oh my, you know, what just happened? I just lost three months. We don't want to do that for a lot of reasons. It's, it's not super healthy right now. We need that, that energy going. So, yeah. So following the energy that comes out of that. And yes. Do I recommend doing yoga first thing in the morning? Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I do. But I do first, actually, Amy, I do a meditation first. Um, and it's just my, it's just where I've been over the last, I don't know, five years. Uh, it's the very first thing I do. The reason I do that is because we're already sort of in an alpha state. And so what, you know, it's easy for me to go there. Uh, don't do it laying down. Cause basically what you're doing is going back to sleep, <laughs> beginning the endless summer all over again. But, but <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's how I start my day because it regulates my, my energy and my nervous system. And of course, you know, we're human beings. There's no silence in the mind when you're meditating. So stuff comes out of that, grows out of that, like your body grew out. I need to make this, this to-do list. So yeah, making, making plans and, and, and long-term goals, but a daily plan that includes what you just said, flexibility. You may not do it in that order. You may not get to all of it, but that you've got some sort of forward momentum that's going to take you somewhere because that energy has that literally has a feeling and a touch you know for you what you feel is very present you know both of us have worked very hard to sort of get in touch with that kind of thing but right now I think people are not sure what in the world they are feeling you know what I mean it's like what is this it's new um I you know and I I shouldn't say that I'm not feeling something I'm not used to feeling because that's not true I mean this is all new we don't know what to do with it and that is causing anxiety. It's causing sort of a, a morelessness uh, and creating some plans is going to give you a, a more that's going to give you that direction. Meditating is going to help you get in touch with what you're feeling and help you learn what to do with it. Because it's very individual. I do have to say, I recommend super highly, there, there's a free course on, on Coursera. Um, it was written by Lori Santos, teacher at Yale, and it's called The Science of Wellbeing. And it's a course that you can take for free between 10 and 15 weeks. It's a few minutes a day. And I know you're saying to yourself, I can't do something else. I'm in class or I'm doing this, but you can. You can take 10 minutes and change your life with this. It helps you get your perspective. It helps you understand what's going on. It helps you find your way back to feeling grounded and happy. I can't recommend it highly enough. It's, it's really great. So 
any kind of meditation, any kind of body work, any kind of focused work toward mental health, I think is what we need to do. Because we're all we're all kind of in the same place. Does that make sense? We're all kind of in feeling the same, but needing to give ourselves our own direction. Well, we could be spending our time doing a lot of different things. And I discovered insights into my own planning. For instance, I'm reading this amazing seven habits of highly effective people. And in the book, he talks about the development of planning, the development of time management, basically. And it went from, and you and I lived in this, it went from post-it notes, then calendars. And then with the advent of the computer in our life, the personal computer came the calendars uh, that were online. So I had a heck of a time switching my intention (laughs) from paper to digital. And then with your life digital, it all of a sudden felt like well, this isn't tangible anymore. I can't feel my life. Where's my planner? So some people stayed with the planner, right? Some people still write the planner. Okay, well, here's the deal. With the planner, it's still on paper. It is not off that paper. (laughs) If you get it off the paper, that's where the power lies. And the power to get it off the paper sometimes is the hardest thing to do. We can write it down. Okay. So then came the advent of the journal. Mm-hmm. Okay. So everybody's going to journal. Everybody's going to put their intentions down and they've got a calendar and perhaps even post-it notes. Okay. We got all this stuff written down, right? Is that actionable? No. Is that action? No. Okay. So yeah, we have to talk about at some point that, that you know, we got to go there. We just have to go there. Like, it's the kick in the pants. Yeah, the kick in the pants. I love what you're talking about. Yeah, and yeah, uh, I have to admit, I, I like to write um, more than I like to type in terms of things that are going to stay with me. Um, so yeah, you know, if if you're somebody who 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 does still do it a different way, you're, you're speaking to that so beautifully, Amy. Yeah, you know, if if the digital is not serving you, then do the other. But you know, you're also speaking to something that, that makes me laugh, you know, that, that we can read and read and read and prepare and prepare and prepare and prepare. And it's like, wait a minute, don't forget to actually take the step, <laughs> right? You know, it's like, and, and we all get frozen in that, you know, it's like, oh, whoops, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I had my practice plan and I put my post notes on blah, blah, and I just took three hours and I forgot to practice, you know, so <laughs> You know, so that's a really good point. You know, where does, where did, where do we stop? I have to tell you, I loved that book, The Seven uh, Habits of Highly Effective People. I have a slightly funny story about that. I was going to graduate school in a moving van, driving along in this moving van, listening to the highly, uh, the seven steps of highly effective people. And um, I was listening to this, you know, it was a book on tape, literally a cassette tape at that point. And right as he was talking about, don't forget to feed the goose. You remember that part? That's one of the things you get. I ran out of gas in the moving van. And I was like, wow, is that going to stick with me for the rest of my life? <laughs> so, so in this case, it's not feeding the goose. We're feeding the goose. We don't forget 
The golden <laughs> goose. Yes. You fed the golden goose, Laura. <laughs> That's a, I, I realize how Laura of a moment that is. Um, but yes, yes. Um, but yeah, you, you know, the, there's a part of it we have to, you know, t- take in for ourselves. Right. What you're saying, you know, what's an important thing to do, you know, um, using the energy and mistaking that, you know, what we're supposed to do with that energy. Like, for instance, anxiety, it's moving, it's moving. There's all this energy. And sometimes we constantly think that we need to calm ourselves down, you know, like, oh, I better get calm. I'm anxious, you know, like before performance. But you have to know yourself very well to understand, wait a minute, do I need to use that energy? Do I have too much and I need to calm it? You know, like in this case, do I have anxiety or do I have a sense of something that wants to move and create? And you have to get really subtle with what you're feeling and what you're sensing so that you know what the difference is. And I think that's what the benefit of this time right now could be, you know, getting in touch with with actually what, what you're feeling, going down to a subtle level. Take a second. I want you to imagine for a moment something that has given you awe. You know, the awe, like something was so beautiful, you went, oh, right? So take a second and make the sound this time. So imagine the scene, whatever it is, it could be a bait, a newborn baby, something that just filled you with so much awe. And now make the sound. See it in your mind and then make the sound. Do you feel that in your chest? There's a lift, there's a spreading, there's a something, there's an energy that happens. Now don't make the sound, but feel it again. Make the sound on the inside. It's the same sound, it's just not out there. Do it again. It's still there. And I'm loving it because the smile that grows in our body, it's not just on our face, it's the whole body response. That is an extremely subtle level of sensation, right? I'm smiling right now. Uh, Laura, we have to remember to do it. I read something on Twitter just yesterday and I laughed so hard. Are you ready? Someone said, I did something that I've been meaning to do for the last five months and it took me 20 minutes (laughs) and I'm not going to remember this at all. Right. And that's what you're talking about with making these lists of things to do. What if it's not just meetings? What if it's like self-care things that we need to do? Like, like have an awe moment, you know, because can you still feel it? It's yeah, still in my of body. Course, of course. Right. It's yeah. still in my body. There's an echo in it. And now I feel better. Right. And it's so, it didn't even take five minutes. If you haven't done it yet out there in Podland, do it <laughs> because it is so amazing. This is the power of yoga. It's the power of literally, it's the power of intention. We directed it in such a different way just then. We didn't direct it toward a, a, a doing of a thing. Exactly. We directed it inward as as self-care. And if you learn to use it in every way that it's available, whoa, you know, really, really amazing work. Take it again. Let's do something else with this. All right. So now to get tension to to change. So this time, close your eyes and join us here in, in podcast land. This is a really cool thing to do. So slow down for a second. I know we're on a podcast, but this is super cool. So take a second and just notice the air moving into your nostrils. Maybe there's more in one on one side than the other. 
Maybe it feels a little clogged. Just notice the air moving in. Notice it feels like, okay, okay, I got it. And there's this sense of hurrying, so wait for it. And as you're working with it, see if you can imagine that the air feels almost like vapor. It's not air now, it's vapor, it's so light. Can you feel the vapor going into that one nostril or the other or both? So notice suddenly it's slowing down a little bit. The sensation is in there. Notice you still have that echo of awe that we did a few moments ago. There's so much in our body still there. And let that vapor go back a little bit behind the nostrils and see if you feel the air back inside. Gentle vapor just slowing. And now imagine just gently lifting your arm. You're not going to do it. You're just imagining doing it. Lift it up and sweep the hand down. So you're just sweeping the hand up, sweeping the hand down. Some of us are gonna be able to actually sense that movement. It's okay if you don't, it's just kind of a fun feeling. Connect back to that air going in, connect back to that awe feeling, it's all still there. And then gently, let the hand drop. One more vapor in. And then gently notice if you have an urge to sigh and let go a bit. And then just gently open your eyes. Ah, just a little thing like that. And we're slower, we're softer. And for a second, lift your arm up. And notice how subtly you can actually move it. There's no tension, right? There's no tension. That's intention if you're talking on the physical level. My mind creates that movement. And my body is available. Our body is then available to move it. So we've got all these these different ways of doing self-care that always relate back to body and movement and music. I think we just need to have a very clear understanding on what needs to be accomplished here and focus on the, the what and not the how. And, and, and I just feel like patience uh, is key, yeah. you know, for, for everyone. Um, the how, if I'm, if I'm practicing, if I do that before I start practicing, maybe I'm going to get more in touch with what's going on in my playing that I can play on a more subtle level that my flute has a little gentle weight in my hands, you know, Oh, I didn't know. I hadn't noticed that. Um, maybe I can follow my own inner teacher because I just touched it before I even started, you know, um, maybe I'm going to be less critical of myself because I'm going to notice because I slowed down and self-care touched my inner self. 
I might notice that voice back there that's really being critical. You know, there's there's so many levels. And and speaking of critical, if I might take a moment, um, my one of my favorite books. If you haven't read it, you must must read it. And this is a great time to do it. There's an incredible book by uh, Carol Dweck. It's D W E C K. Carol Dweck, and it's just called Mindset. And Carol discovered. Um, that, that most people have two different mindsets and it has to do with failure really. And, and there's a growth mindset and there's a fixed mindset and you want to know which one you're in and which one you fall into. Cause we go back and forth between them, but a fixed mindset basically means that when you hit something you can't do that you think, Oh, I'm not good at that. Anybody remember that? Like from math when I was in high school, well, junior high actually is when this happened to me. <laughs> I couldn't do something in algebra. So I thought, oh, I'm not good at math. And I stopped trying because I thought, I'm not good at that. I'll go to music because that I'm, I'm good at music. I'm not going to learn. I could have learned math, right? If I had really wanted to love math and learn it. Growth mindset means that when you hit that thing you can't do, you just go, oh, interesting. I don't understand that part. Okay, let me focus on that for a second. And then you get through that barrier and you go to the next one, and you're going to hit the next one and go, oh, I can't do that either. But I'm going to push through it and understand it. And then I'll go past it. That's growth mindset. And we musicians desperately need that. Because every time you get your instrument out, you're going to encounter something that you can't do almost every time, or at least we mortals. Amy, that may not happen to you. (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. So I was in the classroom and I hit algebra wall uh, probably five times. And that was the universe saying, play the flute, play the flute, play the flute. (laughs) But yeah, but if you'd wanted to learn, you know what I mean? Like, you know, it's because some of us hit. No, Laura, I didn't want algebra. Does anyone use algebra? Can Can you just tell me if you use algebra in life? I mean, come on, we could start with trig. Yeah, calculus for sure. But Good night. We don't use that. And yeah, not, not, not musicians. Yeah. Somebody said, yo, you musicians are so good at counting and math. And I was like, yeah, we can count to 64. We are rock stars. <laughs> Book, uh, mindset. Yeah. It's called? mindset mindset. And it's really important because, you know, we're, 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 we're making jokes about algebra, but we're also realizing we never did algebra because, because we hit that wall, but we're going to hit that wall in music. We have to, as we grow. We have to hit that wall and we can't think it's like algebra, if that makes sense, right? We can't think, oh, it's a thing I can't do in music. We've got to learn it. We got to move through it and we got to get that thing if we want to be a musician. So it's, it's a great book. I, I recommend it so highly. There's a little bit of accountability in music, don't you think? I mean, oh. you have to set your standard. Uh, you have to uh, practice and then evaluate the results. And then you have to show up at specific times and specific places. So that's accountability ability, but also then there's consequences. If you don't practice, then you hit wrong notes. If you, you know, if you don't, it's the same in, um, intention. If you're not going to self-care, then things are going to fall apart later. Um, so I feel like getting specific as to what you'd like to happen in your life. Like when COVID is over, it should not be the, um, the, the phrase used it's, as I move through life, I'm going to learn to be accountable for the day and the hours in the day. And if things change, we can shift. And if we're you know, unmotivated, we can still get a kick in the pants from someone somewhere on that, on the website, whether it be the free course 
from Coursera or this book. So if you didn't have a British mother like I did, um, what are some other, who are some other people that can kick us in the pants? Like for me, it was Wayne Dyer and anything he put out was gold. And it's, you know, even in, in his death, he still, you know, I still, there was the calendar and there's the website and there's the books, the book called the power of intention. So that, that was my first Wayne Dyer book was the power and then manifesting your intention. I mean, he, this guy, but if you notice Laura in all of this intention speak, there's the word power. How come? Well, you know, we, we just experienced a moment of, of, of intention, but I think it's interesting because you're right. Power is always there, but I think people mis, they misunderstand power um, into something hard, you know, like a muscle tension or, I don't know, you know, or somebody that's pounding their chest, I'm going to do this, you know, and the power, the true power that the actual kick in the pants that you're talking about, that accountability thing may feel soft. I think courage feels soft. I know it sounds funny, but it, it's, it's real courage is actually so delicate and inside and it's soft and it causes you to, you to do it anyway. You know, do you remember that book, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway? I don't know if you ever read that. Oh, that's another good one. We mistake that, that um, accountability, that, that gentleness in there because we got to put those two things together. There's a power in our intention but it has to grow from this sort of gentle spreading out into the body in a way that's compassionate to the self. We're accountable to ourselves, but we have to be compassionate because you shut down. If you've got, if you're too hard, if you're too mean, if you're too cruel, we can be cruel to ourselves. Yeah, we cannot be cruel especially right now. If you're sitting there right now in the middle of COVID, you're dealing with so much loss around us. You know, we've lost our, our, our ability to be together. We've lost our ability to make music together. There's a lot of loss going on. And now you're yelling at yourself because you haven't written three flute books. What is going to happen? You're going to not do anything that day either. You know, so this self-care business is important. How do we kick our ourselves in the pants in a, in a powerful way? Well, that is intention, uh, visualizing what we want to do, keeping that at the forefront of our mind, you know, having that be coming from a place of joy. I can't wait to do this. Not I haven't done this yet is very different. I'm looking forward to getting the chance to sit down and do what I want to do, you know, languaging it in a really healthy, wonderful way in uh, inspiring ourselves going on. What, okay. I want to work on this piece. I want to work on this music. I, you know, listening to a great flutist every day with joy, not with jealousy, with joy, like, Oh, isn't that beautiful? I'm so glad she can make that sound or he, you know, I'm so glad this person is writing this, you know, coming out of joy because you know, I truly believe that we are all connected, all connected. And what we want to do is get on that train with somebody else's joy and movement and productivity, right on it and let that kick you in the pants too, right? So accountability, but finding ways, how do you work as a human? What inspires you? What makes you feel like sitting down and doing that? You know, and it is a lot, isn't it? Right. It's a to-do list. It's a uh, hours of the day. It's not just sitting around and waiting for it to happen. So there's a lot of movement. I think the word to me is just movement. Keep 
moving all day long toward what it is. You know, whether you're dancing around and thinking about, you know, I mean, there's some actual thought that, that you know, dancing and thinking about what you want to do will open up those channels. I know that sounds really crazy, but, but you know what? I've done it and it really helps, right? You know, movement to me, you can tell I'm a body person. I, I was a dancer from three to 16. And so I take the world in through the body. And um, so that's how I approach it. But everybody's different. You know, look for who you are. Look for, for what makes you tick. I call it vanity, but I don't think it's vanity. I think it's just pure health. And I'm, I'm, I'm joking with myself, but I have a photo shoot or I want to look good in a dress. But really, it's something inside that's bigger than me is making me work out. And, and it's not the, the dense physical mass of the human body. It's, it's the spiritual roots. Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, I'm curious, actually, because that's so cool. Are you, sh let's connect it back to what you do after you do a yoga practice. Maybe that working out is about keeping the channels of energy open. Maybe it wakes up your creativity along with the health, along with the, you know what I mean? Because I'm hearing you, I've known you a long time. So I, you know, I think, yeah, everything you do is spiritual, everything you do, um, you know, and it's coming from that place. And I think that for me, spirituality is quite tactile. You know, I, it's not an idea, it's a feeling, you know, here. And so, you know, those things that I talked about, about, um, you know, when I was like the awe feeling, you know, that that's spirituality that's touching that, you know, and that's what comes out in the music, you know, that's what comes out. I'm, isn't that interesting, though? I'm wondering if that's a part of what it is, you know, for you, that working out is a little more than just for health, that it's actually how you keep open, keeping the channel open, uh, uh, what keeps you creating. See, I've run with you. And I, I, I've run with you at Anatomy of Sound before recitals. I've run with you back when I could run before I broke my foot. <laughs> but I've run with you and I see the, and if you don't mind me taking this moment, the intensity when you're running matches the intensity I see backstage. So I think that's really interesting um, that the, they're quite related. <laughs> But here's what something I know helps. So after the run, first of all, notice how you feel. Really take a minute to savor it. Allow yourself to feel the goodness from that run or the goodness from practicing. Really tap into that energy so that you remember without even thinking about it eventually why we do it. It's partially the doing, but how you feel afterward, it's like, oh, you're alive, you're engaged, you're, you're, um, you feel like, ah, oh, I've taken that step. And when you combine that, that's partially what kicks us in the pants too, right? It's the intention and it's yeah. what happens after. So I'm, I'm thinking of what I do to make these things happen, how I kick myself in the pants. Uh, we, we were talking about that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I know exactly what I do to kick myself. The first thing I do, I'm sitting down and I'm about to do something I don't want to do, right? It's never the flute. It's something else like, oh no, I have to plan this, you know, fill out my class schedule for a class I'm teaching. And I don't feel like doing it. You know, that feeling I'm just, you know, resisting the, the process. I stop and I quite literally do a three minute breath like we just did, feeling the nostril, the air, letting it turn into vapor, just letting that happen. And then I get up and I move for five or 10 minutes. I just move. It doesn't have to be yoga. I could be walking around. I can be doing little crazy moves. I could dance, but I exercise for a minute. And then what's happened now is my body feels good. 
everything's feeling good. And now I don't have this physical resistance to what I want to do. That's how I kick myself in the pants, actually. <laughs> You're not saying, come on, Laura, do the thing. You know, you've got the idea, which is so good for us, right? I've got to have my ideas. And that's something you're brilliant at, Amy. You get so much done. And so the, the idea has to be there in the first place. And then you bring your energy to it, right? I'm, I'm, I think these two paths together really are cool. Have you signed up for our annual workshop yet? It's June 5 through 8, 2021, and the deadline is just around the corner. Our special guest this year is Valerie Coleman-Page, composer, flutist, and downright amazing human being. She's also an entrepreneur, so you might want to pick her brain on a few of your projects. And on our staff, Dr. David Brown. He's an otolaryngologist and a flutist, and he's been my student for a very long time. Come and meet Dr. Brown as we discovered the anatomage table at the Taubman Library. You've met Laura Dwyer. She's going to lead us in yoga. You'll meet Brian Dunbar in Brian Dunbar's Daily Challenge. Dr. Dunbar received his master's degree from Michigan and is part of our staff. Also, Erica Boysen is here from the University of North Carolina, Greensboro. She also received her doctorate here, and we're so excited for her to bring her vibrato study back to us. We're excited for you to explore what you have going on in your flute life and beyond. Come work with us online this summer, June 5 through 8. Go to aosworkshop.com and click on the button for the annual workshop. And we'll see you in about three and a half months. Thank you, Laura Dwyer, for pointing us inward to the breath. It's the answer to everything. I so appreciate our partnership and your ability to translate all the things that are the anatomy of sound. Join us next time on Porter Flu Pod when my guest is Dilshad Poznak from the Brevard Music Center. We're talking about all things orchestra camp. You can find more about me at amyporter.com or for students, porterflute.com. And on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, I'm Porter Flute. Thanks for being here. I'm so grateful for you.